I looked over my notes this morning and I said, you know, Lord, this is about the shortest page of notes I ever had. Um, but the, the, the message today, I think, is just really straight to the point. It's, it's practical. Um, it's, it's simple. The gospel should be that way. Um, we are beginning uh, the second week, if you will, in the book of Colossians. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to join me in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And I'm going to begin reading at the first verse. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. I'll be reading out VSB, so it might sound a bit different than yours. Paul writes, Paul, an apostle of Jesus, or Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. He's not saying by the will of Timothy. He's saying by the will of God. He's writing with this with Timothy, his brother. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We thank God always, or we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You just stop right there. Paul was an educated man, but man, this brother can write some long sentences, can he? Man. Okay. Because of this, you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the spirit. May the Lord have a blessing to the reader and the hearer and the doer of his word. And everyone said, amen. amen. I took for a, a title today, Overwhelming Evidence. Overwhelming Evidence. I don't know if you guys like this or these kind of uh, shows or not, but my wife and I are intrigued by these crime-solving shows, you know, like... Our, the one that we like now is major crimes because these people have to put together like all this evidence and they're like super, super smart and they gather all of this evidence together so that they can build a case to solve the crime, right? And at, but at the point that they get to uh, where they feel comfortable in presenting the evidence, they have overwhelming evidence. Everybody say overwhelming evidence overwhelming evidence to solve the case, to make their point, to show what it is that they need to show. I was at the store a little earlier today, and I was thinking about the simplicity of the gospel, right? And Jesus made it really, really simple when it comes to evidence. He says to us, 
A tree is known by its fruit. And, and then he goes on a little further and he says, I am the vine and my father is what? The vine dresser, the husbandman. What happened to all the word scholars in it? Okay, let me just say this. Let me give you this disclaimer. This is not a trick question. These, the, these are not trick questions, all right? And, and just so you know this, I'm not going to bamboozle you or swindle you or like, you know, take you on a ride with any of these questions I'm going to ask you today, all right? So don't be scared to answer, okay? Um, which, by the way, man, I, was, I, I hate being swindled and bamboozled and taken advantage of. I had that happen to me this week. Pelzetta says, oh, it took me like three days to get over it. Yeah, I was on the internet and I ordered something really that I really wanted, right? And man, I, I got charged a bunch of money and it, and it wasn't, in, it wasn't in like the fine, fine print, you know? And I was like, and man, whew, it took me a while to get over that. I'm not gonna do that to you today. These, these are honest, real, genuine questions, all right? The gospel is so simple. It is so simple. We shall know them by their fruit. What is this? It's an orange. You sure? Hmm? You sure? Okay. No, no, it's an orange. Okay, so, so don't, don't like, don't, don't give up on me now. And I'm like, oh, pastor. Uh. No, what is this? Okay, oranges grow on, on trees, on orange trees, right? And you know this is an orange, right? Did you see the tree that this orange grew on? Have you seen it? No, but you know it's an orange because it's a orange and it grew on a, on an orange tree, right? No doubt. What is this? It's an apple. You sure this is an apple? How do you know this is an apple? It looks like an apple. Smells like an apple. And in, in, in probably a few hours, I'll taste it and make sure it tastes like an apple. No, you're not. Kathy said, I'm taking it home. No, you're not. Apples grow on what? Apple trees. You know this is an apple. Did you see the tree that this apple came off of? But you're confident that this is an apple from an apple tree, right? Okay. What is this? A pear. Pear grows on pear trees. Do you know this is a pear? Yeah, yeah. Did you see the tree this pear was growing on? But you still know that it's a right? I thought somebody's going to wind a partridge in a pedre. What is this? It's a mango. How do you know it's a mango? It looks like a mango. It's a characteristics of a mango, right? Mangoes grow on mango trees. Did you, you know this is a mango. Did you see the tree that this mango grew on? But yet you know it is a, and it grew on a, Come on, y'all. Y'all preaching the message for me today. We're going we're gonna to switch it up a little bit. What are these? Grapes. 
Grapes grow on what? A vine. Did you see the vine that these grapes grew on? But yet you know they are. And they came from? We're going to eat good tonight, baby. What are these? And they grow on a? Strawberry bush with strawberry vine. Boy, y'all don't know. Somebody's like strawberry bush. Somebody's strawberry vine. Some of y'all got that cloud and look on your face like, I don't know what they're growing. I just know they're strawberries. Right? It's a vine. All right. I love it. You see, did you see the vine that these strawberries grew on? But you know they're a strawberry, strawberry plant or strawberry fruit, right? Right? Okay. You guys getting my point? I got one more. What are these? Bananas. Bananas, bananas grow on a what? Do, now, how, do, are you sure that these are bananas? How are you sure these are bananas? Because my babies eat them every day. Because, because you know these are bananas, right? Bananas grow on a, on a banana tree. The evidence of the fruit is in itself. Right? A tree is known by its fruit. A fruit is known by the tree that it's from. I want to give you a key statement here. It's a long one, so I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to leave it up there for a while so you can write it down. This summarizes our entire text today is summarized in this statement. The truth that changed your life comes by grace through faith, expressing itself in love that's founded in hope, grounded in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, thereby producing the fruit of his spirit in your life. Man, you know, I, I, I love the Bible because the Bible gives us perfect illustrations and examples of what it means to say. Listen, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossae. And there are many scholars that believe this was one or two letters and that this letter was meant to be a circular letter that not only went to Colossae, but also to the church in Laodicea. And I believe that Paul makes reference of that, I think, is somewhere around chapter 4. Many scholars believe that there was also another letter that was written that went to the church in Laodicea, but was lost, and we don't have it right now. It's never been found. Just like they believe that there's another letter to the church in Corinth, right? So Paul writes this letter. It was intended to be a circular letter, and it goes to the church in Colossae. Paul himself never visited the church in Colossae. But Paul knew well the characteristics of the fruit of righteousness. And so when Epaphras comes back to Paul to, re to report to him of the righteous living that he had observed in the church in Ephesus, or not Ephesus, but in Colossae, 
Paul was able to see with his spiritual eyes the same characteristics of the fruit of righteousness that follow every believer of Jesus. This delighted him. I want to jump right into the text. This delighted Paul and it caused him to pray in a very specific way for his brothers and sisters in Colossus. We're going to jump right in. Let's look at how Paul prayed for his brothers and sisters in Colossus. He prayed an unceasing prayer. What do I mean by that? He prayed continually. And he starts off praying thankfully in appreciation of his brothers and sisters in Colossus. He's thanking God for them. Man, let me tell you something. You want to make it, you want to make it easy for your pastor to pray for you? Live holy. Do what the Bible says. Follow after Jesus. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You want to see someone thankfully pray for you? Let the fruit of the Holy Spirit be evident in your life and watch how easy it is to pray with thanksgiving for you. That's how Paul prayed. He prayed continually, which means he prayed always. The church in Colossus was always on Paul's mind and on his heart. Paul prayed directly to God. He says, I always thank God our Father. For you, he prayed directly to God about the church in Colossus and the people there in Colossus. And his prayers were intercessory. He says, when I pray for you, I want you to get this, man, because this is important, family. Paul says, when, which means I am going to pray. He says, when I pray for you, and then he goes on. Here's what I get out of this. We should spend more time we should spend more time praying for each other and less time praying for stuff. That's what intercessory prayer is. We should spend more time praying for each other and less time praying for stuff. And, and, and here's something else. Man, don't miss this. There's a subtle, there's something subtle here, but this, this speaks to the power of prayer. Everybody say the power of prayer. I will get on my soapbox about prayer. Do you know that prayer is one of the weapons of our warfare? There are a lot of things that can hinder the power of our prayer, family. Here's one of them. Praying about people instead of praying for people. Praying about people. Father, I come to you today about my brother Rob. Rob is getting on my last nerve. I, I don't know, Father. I just, it, I, he's not exhibiting the fruit of your spirit. Making me mad all the time. 
Father, he's always late for church. Don't he, he don't he never come to the meetings he's supposed to come to, Lord. But I thank you. That's praying about somebody. Here's praying for somebody. Father, I just want to thank you for my brother Rob. Father, I pray that you will increase him more and more. As he steps into your word, as he presses into you in his, in his, in his up, in his, uh, in his closet, in his secret place, I pray that you anoint him with your power. I pray that he becomes a, 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 a light, a beacon of light and hope for those on his job, Father, that you will continue to bless him and expand his territory. That's praying for someone. You see the difference? And I believe indicative in, in, this, in, in Paul's prayers, he's trying to show us, man, when we're interceding for people, we should spend more time praying for people than we do anything else. Amen? Now, what is Paul seeing? What's the overwhelming evidence of life in Christ that Paul is seeing? Here's the first one, unshakable faith. Unshakable faith. And I'd say this unshakable faith is a result of looking to God and him alone for everything. Everybody say everything. You ever have God answer your prayer and you know that it was God? You ever had that happen? What does that do to your faith? And the stronger your faith, the more unshakable your faith. You know, man, ooh, okay, Lord, here we go. I'm not meddling. I'm just following the leader of the Holy Spirit. You know, we have to quit avoiding things that we think will, like, take us out of our comfort zone and stretch us and, 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 and move us into a, a realm that, that, you know, that's going to grow our faith. I was sharing with the strategic prayer team yesterday. I was like, listen, man, God... One of the things God has me do prophetically is be a watchman on the wall. But, man, I feel like I'm in a season where God is calling me off the wall to come down and do some spiritual hand-to-hand combat. And I'm telling you, every time I get down off the wall and do that, something stirs in my faith. You know what I mean? Let me tell you something. You never know how strong your faith is and how shakable your faith is until you have been in a good fight. There is no weapon that's formed against you that can prosper. If your life is hidden in Christ, Betty, there is no weapon that is formed against you that can prosper. We have the advantage of history, y'all. We know how the story ends. And we know that the greater one lives on the inside of us. And every time we triumph over him, 
our faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Let me ask you, what fight are you in right now that you feel like giving up? Where is God stretching you and you're challenged in your faith and you feel like, man, God, one more thing, it'll be the straw that broke the camel's back. I promise you, if you check your spirit and if you totally rely on God and you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, you'll be on the other side of that thing stronger than you were before you were faced with that adversity. Total trust, total dependence, total reliance on God your Father will produce unshakable faith when he comes through for you. Amen? Okay. One key growth indicator in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ is our growing faith. This is a rhetorical question. I want you to ask yourself this. Is my faith the same, in the same place that it was last year this time? Because if it is, that could be a real key indication that you're not growing in your faith. Now, I, was, I told you I was going to talk about Mitch. I don't talk about people behind their back. At least I don't try to. And I'm just human, man. I'm going to tell you something, man. Listen, the devil will throw all kind of stuff at you, and I, it, don't, it doesn't matter if you're a pastor or not. If you're not careful, you'll find yourself talking about somebody. Come on. I'm just real. It can happen. Hmm. Hmm. Everybody raise your hand and shout glory. glory. I just wanted to break the atmosphere a little bit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to score y'all or nothing. I just, I'm just, man, listen, I'm just giving you what God gave me. It's amazing because, you know, I, it's, it's, it's interesting because when you teach, it always comes to you first. And I have been making mid-course adjustments and been... I spent 50 minutes on the phone Monday repenting to my wife. I'm not abusing my wife. I just want you to know that we, we, we have a great relationship. We've been married for 37 years, man. I love This woman is the air that I breathe. You are the sunshine of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but I spent 50 minutes. I, I was out. Okay. Lord, help me. I'm going to make this quick. So I'm out on my, in my quiet time because, you know, the pastor needs quiet time before the Lord. So I'm out in my quiet time around my fire pit. Fire is blazing. I'm reading a book. I put the book down and I get quiet before the Lord and the Lord dropped on me something. Man, if you've never heard the voice of the Lord inside of you, in the part of you that knows things, Man, it was like the voice that's coming out of my spirit about subtle things that I have done to sabotage my relationship with my wife. Me. 
And so I got on the phone and I said, baby, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for this. She was just listening. I'm sorry for this. I, I repent for this. I repent for this. And as, as fast as God was giving it to me, I was, I was repenting. Wasn't I? No. <laughs> Don't make the pastor sweat up here, man. No, but seriously, man, I was like, I was, I was repenting. Why? Because, man, I, I just want to be right. Not like right in terms of winning an argument, right? I'm talking about I want to be right before the Lord, man. You know what I mean? I want my marriage to be whole and together. I want, I want, I want to make sure that, that my faith is unshakable and I'm walking in the, in the things of God. I don't want anything to hinder that. So the pastor has repent too. Amen. Okay, so I was going to talk to you about Mitch. So Mitch and I are sitting in the office. How did I get on the talking about thing? Okay, Mitch and I are sitting in the office, and Mitch is sitting there, and um, I'm telling that brother, man, I, bro, I'm so proud of the way that God is growing you and what he's doing in your life, man. And uh, I just want you to continue pressing into him because I see your spiritual growth. And I want to acknowledge that in front of everybody, Mitch. I see your spiritual growth. And if you continue to press into God and you're up, you have not begun to see how God is going to use you prophetically to minister to this congregation on that and this thing that you play. And I don't know whatever else you play, but God will use you because that is your spiritual gift, brother. Amen. Yeah. There ought to be growth. Here's the third overwhelming evidence that Paul lists here. Unconditional love. And it's God's love. It's, it's, it's agape love. And I, and I don't want you to miss this because this is, this is pretty specific. Paul uses a noun here that, that points to a specific expression of agape love. He said it's a love that you have for all of the saints. It's a sacrificial love. Love. The noun that he uses here is indicative of the same sacrificial love that Jesus has for us that he paid on the cross with his death for our sins. It's the same one. Hmm. By this will all men know that you are my disciples because you have love for one another. Greater love has no man than this, than that he lays down his life for his friend, that he gives of his time, his talent, his treasure, his touch, and lays that down. There's no greater love. That's what Jesus did. And Paul says here, listen, I see that same love on display in you, and it's evident because of the love that I hear in terms of how you care for one another in your church family and how you've given yourself to the community that you live in, it's evident. Man, I tell you, I, I told you I've been working on my out, and for those of you who don't know out, what out means, out is, you know, that means the Bible has given us the great commission to reach out to the lost, right? 
And yesterday, a group of us from the church got together. Man, it was amazing. We, we landed at this place right down, right down from here. It's called um, the American Legion Post 29. And we spent like four hours fixing bikes for little kids. Bike safety and tune-up for the kids. And we had kids from all over the place. I think we ended up doing 30 bikes. Yeah. And we're out there with tools, man. Some of these brothers have some tools, man. Woo. We was out there with tools, and we were having fun. It was our way of giving back to the community. Listen, the community that we live in will never know the love of God until they see the love of Christ in us demonstrated. We are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And our love can't just be on the condition that they're followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us we're supposed to go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come. That's sacrificial. That's unconditional love. Paul says it's evident in you. Is that love evident in you? Ask yourself. And if it isn't, or if you feel like it isn't, then ask the Holy Spirit, God, what are you saying to me? And then what do you want me to do about it? Here's the fourth, undeniable hope. And it manifests itself in two ways. The hope of Christ here in our present reality is the first way. The hope of the glory of God in this world, the hope of Christ is you. It's you. It's you. It's me. We are the hope of the world. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25, he says, the reason I became a minister, the reason we are all ministers is to make known to all the world the riches of the glory of God, which is Christ in you, Matthew. You, Ember, you, Randall, you, Barbara, Teresa, it's Christ in you, the hope of his glory. That's our present reality. True hope in this world comes from our proclamation of the gospel when we are Jesus with flesh on. When we are learning how to be who Jesus would be if he were me. That's the gospel. Second aspect of our hope is a hope of Christ in our future reality. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 4, that we have an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, reserved in heaven for you. It's our hope. And then Jesus tells us in John chapter 14, says, listen, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, you believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. So I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, everybody say, I am. I am. Where I am, there you can be also. Our hope is the future, the reality that one day Jesus Christ is coming back to get us. And we're going to spend eternity with him. 
That's our hope. That's the truth of the gospel. Here's my final one. Unmistakable fruit. Paul stresses, not only is the universality of the gospel the truth, but the practicality of the gospel is truth as well. I said earlier, the gospel is simple. It's powerful. It produces fruit that's strong, growing, and robust, and increasing, multiplying. Just as a tree grows in size and begins to bear much fruit, so should the gospel grow in our lives and produce fruit. Two types of fruit, not two types, two. Two types of fruit. There should always be two types of fruit in the well-rounded life of the follower of Christ. First is the fruit of the Spirit. Paul tells us the fruit of the Spirit in, in Galatians chapter 5 and 22 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says there's no law against those fruit. None. But then the second type of fruit is the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of the gospel. And here's what I want you to know. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is so important. This is so important. We should have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, but that's just part of the equation. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. I do not want, I refuse to stand before God and give an account of the deeds that I've done in my body, knowing that it was just okay for me to be saved, I'm going to heaven anyhow, and never reach out to the lost. I just told you the fruit of the Spirit. That's all part of the fruit of righteousness. Listen, but the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness is people. There's the fruit of the Spirit, that's righteousness, and then there's the fruit of the gospel. And the fruit of the gospel is people. Is there any fruit of the gospel in your life? And if you can't look around and see the lives that you've influenced for the gospel, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And what do you want me to do about it? Yeah? I'll close with this. Paul reminds the Colossians that it's a person who introduced the gospel into the world, and it's Jesus. And there was a person that introduced the gospel to those in Colossus, and it was Epaphras. The Bible is a personal book, and the gospel was revealed to, through the person of Jesus Christ, entrusted to people, and is conveyed through people. People are the fruit of the gospel. A few years ago, I had a friend of mine that 
I ministered to for a long time. He came to me and said, man, I see the fruit of God in your life, and I'd, I'd love for you to disciple me. And so I told him that I would. And so every day, every other day for months, he'd come to my office. I was recruiting at the time. And I worked anywhere from 12 to 15 hours a day as a recruiter. But I would shut my door when he'd come by, and I'd spend an hour, hour and a half with him. And we went through this book, Finnish Dakes, God's Plan for Man. It's an old school book packed with theology and truth. His name was Joe. I won't tell you his last name. His name was Joe. Watch that brother grow in his relationship with Jesus. He's one of those happy brothers. Every time you see me, say, like, hey, bro, what's going on? You know, one of those brothers. One day I got called to the base commander's office. Now, if you are in the military, if, if you're not receiving an award and you get called to the base commander's office, it's not good. And I knew why I got called to the base commander's office because I was standing up for something that I knew was right and I knew eventually he was going to get up to his office. But man, I just wasn't ready, Rob. And when I got there, I was sitting down in the chair in, 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 the, uh, in the waiting area and I, my face must have been, I mean, I was honestly, I was scared, right? Joe McNair walks by. He says, hey, bro, hey, hey. He said, man, what? What? What's wrong with you? So he pulls, pick, sits down, pulls up a chair, and I just tell him what's going on, man. I'm getting ready to go into the commander's office. I don't know what's going on. I just said his last name, didn't I? <laughs> wow. Joe, if you're watching this, thank you, brother. I was like, I was like, man, wow, man. I'm getting ready to go see the commander, and I'm, I'm, I'm distraught. I don't know what I'm going to say. And that brother came over in that waiting room and laid hands on me and prayed for me. And then he sat back down and he said, remember, remember all those hours that you poured into me. My marriage is whole. My kids are doing well. My life with Christ is vibrant and rich. He said, I feel like I'm an alive tree growing and I'm exhibiting the fruit of the spirit. And he did this. I'll never forget it. He reached up like in the air and he grabbed like a piece of fruit. He said, man. Eat from the fruit of the tree that you planted in my life. Man, I was a mess. <laughs> the commander thought, I, the commander came out, he thought, I, man, you're crying, I ain't even got to you yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about, family. A seed planted today will produce fruit of righteousness, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold, and you never know whose life you are touching. You never know. You never know. God wants us to have overwhelming evidence that his fruit is growing and is alive and well in our lives. Why don't you stand with me?
God wants everybody to produce fruit, and your fruit might not look like mine. It might be a little bit different. But if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me, that same spirit will be in both of us. Amen. Amen. And it will produce fruit of righteousness. And so your fruit might not be like a regular banana. Yours might be an organic banana. But it's still fruit of righteousness. And your pear might not look like this pear. I don't know what kind of pear this is. This is a boss pear. It's a different kind of pear, but it's a pear nonetheless. Or, or it might look like this one. This is a, a, what is this thing, man? It's a red delicious pear or something. It's a pear. This is a pear. Still a pear, right? Or you might, your fruit might not look like this apple. You might be somebody of color. Maybe your apple might be a jazz apple or uh, what is this? This is a, a rose apple or maybe it's, a, maybe it's a Granny Smith fruit, you know. Or maybe, maybe God has you in a place where yours is a cameo fruit. Fruit of righteousness nonetheless. And that's the reason why I love Dinky's story. Dinky reached someone that I will never reach, but the fruit looks the same. Father, I pray today that your word falls on the rich soils of our heart and produces fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. In Jesus' name, amen.